to-go Bible study. Yes, the church is still pausing its regular services. Hopefully, we'll have a drive-in service this Sunday. Uh, Just keep checking the website, but we're going to have Bible study right now. So if you have your Bibles, and welcome to the Reaching Forward podcast. Let's reach forward and see what God would have for us today. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 9. We're dealing with God's higher ways, and this is part 7 in our Bible study series. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 9. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Today, man's way is to live and act in what he sees and understands is possible. You could put it this way, he has faith in what he sees and what he understands. God's higher way is to live and act by faith in the invisible and seemingly impossible. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would accomplish your will in this sir in this Bible study. Speak to us that includes me through your word in Jesus name. Amen. Man's way. Isn't that the way that it is? And I'm not saying it's a bad way. It's just man's way. We put our faith in things normally that we see and we understand. Have you ever heard, show me the money? That means quit talking and show me the money. I want to see it. Seeing is the dominant sense. Or Missouri, you know, the people from Missouri, the show me state. Have you ever heard, seeing is believing? So we like what we can see. Isn't that man's way? And we like what we can understand. Martin Luther was a Catholic monk about 500 years ago, and and he was so devout, he would try to earn his salvation, earn being right with God with all his might. And uh, church history author B.K. Keeper, that's that's K-U-I-P-E-R, B.K. Keeper, writes that with all his might, by good works, he tried to earn salvation. He prayed fasted, chastised himself beyond the rules of the monastery. He wasted away until he looked like a skeleton. His cell, and that's where monks lived. He wasn't in prison. That's what they call uh, the monks' uh, rooms, if you please. Even in the severest cold of winter was unheeded. And Martin Luther often spent the night in vigils. That means he stayed up praying and such. And only occasionally slept on on that. Well, you know what else Martin Luther began to do? He began to study the Bible because he wasn't finding God in all the things he understood, which was his works. And he came across a scripture. The just shall live by faith. The book of Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. And it became his gate to paradise. He began to realize it's not by works which he has done. But by his love he saved us. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Ephesians, excuse me, for by the grace, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 deals with what you say to be saved. He realized that it wasn't in the things he understood 
but in the impossible or seemingly impossible gift of God. It's God's higher way. Let me challenge you. How long will you put off what you're capable of doing just to continue what you're comfortable doing? How long will you put off what you're capable of doing just to continue what you're comfortable doing? That's by James Clear. But really, we want to look at dealing with God's higher way. To, to, and it might be uncomfortable to live God's way, but let me tell you, it's possible. We want to look at two things. God's higher way is for us to live and act by faith in the invisible and seemingly impossible. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. I, remember, I was a young Christian in the Marine Corps and we were dealing with people about you know coming to church. We call it soul winning. The Bible said he that winneth souls is wise. I believe that's like Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30. Don't have it in front of me. And we were reaching out and inviting people to church and talking to them about Jesus. And, and I believe it was another young Marine said, well, I, I don't believe in God. And in so many words, he said, well, I haven't seen him, so he doesn't exist. Something like that. This is 20-some years ago. So being full of wisdom, I asked him a question. I said, have you ever seen your brain? And he said, no. I said, well, then if you haven't seen it, it doesn't exist. You don't have one. Well, he didn't come to church. That wasn't very wise, was it? But just because we can't see something, just because it's invisible, doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It, it, all you have to do is have someone hold their hand out and, and drop a pen or pencil into their hand. And then ask them, what caused that pencil to fall or that pen to fall into your hand? And they'll answer the question. It's gravity. And you can ask them, well, what does it look like? It doesn't look like anything. What does it smell like? What does it sound like? And yet, we can't see it. We can't smell it. It doesn't sound like anything. And yet, it holds everything together. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, Now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Moses in the, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 27, the Bible says that by faith he, speaking of Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, which was Pharaoh at the time, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. If something's far away, we can't see it. I cannot see the Eiffel Tower from where I am right now, possibly because the window shades are drawn shut. But even if I open them up, I can't see it, but I know the Eiffel Tower's there. I've been there. I've been up to the top. But distance prevents me from seeing the Eiffel Tower. But just because it's invisible from where I am doesn't mean it's not there. Something may also be invisible to the naked eye, but be there. Uh, like a virus? <laughs> Viruses are so small that they weren't seen until 1931. With the invention of the electron microscope, only the largest and most complex viruses are seen, able to be seen with what's called a light microscope, which uses light to be able to see uh, what you're looking at, at the highest setting. So it wasn't until 1931, 
And that was the invention of the electron microscope. Electron microscope. This type of microscope uses electrons, a beam of electrons, instead of light, to resolve an image. And the wavelength of an electron is a hundred thousand times shorter than those visible light photons. So they were able to begin to see, oh, these are the things we knew were there. They knew that something was causing people to be sick, uh, it, but they just couldn't find it. It was invisible, but they were there. You see, viruses are so small, they measure them in nanometers. That's one billionth of a meter. So the width of a human hair is 75,000 nanometers. Toilet paper, the width of the thickness now. The thickness of a toilet, uh, toilet paper, if you could find any, it's about 100,000 nanometers thick. Well, the average diameter of a SARS virus is 120 nanometers. Now, keep in mind, a million nanometers is a millimeter. They're teeny, but they are there. We see, we find out that just because something is invisible to us does not mean that it's not there. And faith in Jesus Christ, faith in the invisible God, when we come to trust Jesus, it really brings us a blessing. When Jesus rose from the dead, someone who hadn't been there, Thomas, said, I'm not going to believe it basically until I see it. And so he did see Jesus. And, and then John chapter 20 and verse 29, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. But then he said this, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. There is a blessing in not seeing things and, and not seeing God, but believing him anyway. Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. We know it's true. There's something that speaks down into my soul. The, the, the apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, Speaking of Jesus in verse 8, whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let me tell you, if you invite Jesus Christ into your heart, you might not be able to say, see Jesus, but you'll see the effect of Jesus Christ in your life. You'll see the effect of the forgiveness that he shed his blood on the cross for you. You'll see the effect of a new life. You'll see that old things will pass away and behold, all things will become new and all things are of God. All you have to do is say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that you rose from the dead. I believe that you and your sacrifice is enough to justify me, to make my relationship right with you. It's living by faith. You know, as a Christian, I might not be able to see it, but I know that God's got it. And we also, as living in faith, you, you, you uh, live and act as, as those seemingly impossible things will be made possible. Like this little boy went to his daddy and said, Daddy, Daddy! Daddy, where do we come from? And his daddy said, how many times do I have to tell you, son? You read the Bible with me at night? What, what does it say? Well, daddy, um, that God made man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the bread of life and, and man became a living soul. Right, daddy? And said, right, son. So what's the question? He said, well, mommy said that we came from apes. 
and that we evolved into what we are now. And the dad thought for a moment and he said, Well, you're right, son. I was talking about my side of the family and your mama. She was talking about her side of the family. But the invisible God can do the seemingly impossible. We don't need to be overwhelmed. Sometimes we can get overwhelmed by what we see, but we do need to be overwhelmed. Overwhelmed not by what we see, but overwhelmed by the greatness of our helper that we can't see. Jesus, speaking to some people, said, With men this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. With men, some things are impossible. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. But Andrew Murray, an old-time preacher, wrote a quote. Let Let me read it. He said, Every day, your Christian life is to be proof that God works impossibilities. Your Christian life is to be a series of impossibilities made possible and actual by God's almighty power. You tell people about the tithe, which uh, is 10% of what we make, 10% of our increase before taxes, before medical uh, uh, uh health insurance, and before all the stuff is taken out of it, it belongs to the Lord. Yes, before the law of Moses. And Jesus didn't condemn paying tithe either. There's nothing to replace tithe. Tithe's still valid. But anyhow, you know, man's way looking at that, and I understand, you say, well, preacher, I'm barely getting by in 100%. Tithe is 10%. And if my math serves me correctly, that leaves me to pay my bills, invest, Conduct my life with 90%. And if 100% ain't working so well, I cannot understand how 90% is going to be any better. You feel me, preacher? You know what? I got you. But what if that 90% was blessed? I'm going to make an explicit statement, so if you have young children, you might want to cover their ears. What if God blessed you with (laughs) self-control? You know, what if God blessed us not just with a raise, but what if God had to spend our money on other things? God can do the impossible, the seemingly impossible, when we live by his word. Just let God do it in your life. And then you'll shout it from the housetops. And it won't be impossible, just seemingly, because God will bless the 90. Peter was kept in prison. But the Bible says that the church was praying without ceasing unto God for him. A lot of times we see a certain door shut in front of us. Maybe it's a door in a relationship. Maybe it's a door. uh, I, I remember hearing, and these are people I know, so I won't say anybody's name, but that basically that, uh, they were going to call it quits in their marriage. But, uh, they said, let's try God. Well, you know what? They're still married and they're serving the Lord faithfully. You know, I'm thankful that God can make the seemingly impossible possible with the addition of God. God opens doors. God opens real doors. I don't know how many times God has opened a real door for me. I don't break into cars, but I'm talking about in the work of the Lord, physical doors, whether it's a door in a hospital or a door to go visit someone like a gate to their apartment complex, 
God opens doors. And I don't have a lockpick set, okay? God does it. But when these people prayed for Peter, Acts chapter 12, verse 10, the angel of the Lord came, got Peter, his chains fell off, and he said, follow me. So they weren't pa- went past the first and second ward, which must have been like guard shacks or cells. And then they came to the iron gate that leadeth to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. Just like Walmart. And this is like in AD, what, 50 or 40? God has doors that open about a thousand years ago. God does seemingly impossible things. I don't know what door is seemingly closed, but we live by faith that these seemingly impossible doors are going to open. And I'm, I'm, about to, I'm about to finish my Bible study, but let me tell you, uh, I want to leave you with this. God's higher way is to live and act by faith in the invisible and seemingly impossible. Isn't it time tonight? To make that statement, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I I know who holds tomorrow. Say, preacher, but things that aren't good are happening. I'm, I'm with you. I understand. They happen to all of us, and they're heartbreaking. But let me tell you, I can't understand why things happen or how things are going to work out. But I know it's the invisible God that can do the seemingly impossible. I'm going to leave you with Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know... That all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. God's a faithful God. Christian, he won't leave you. Christian, he won't forsake you. Let's live by faith in the invisible and the impossible and show the world world that there's a reality in serving God. Amen.